the Gaming Guru Podcast. He's in the best gaming podcast in the world. Boo baby. What do you know? It's alive. It's alive. We got it to work finally. Um, we are uh, back, I suppose, um, at least uh, on the interwebs, because it's, we've obviously taken a little break. I moved up to Joburg for reasons, and uh, Tim is uh, holding the fort in Cape Town, protecting the mountain. How is the mountain doing? Still there? Uh, it's, it's wet today, dude. Oh, yeah? Yeah, it was uh, raining this morning. But otherwise, mountain's still there. Okay, cool. Just uh, if you can check on that, I think maybe 20 minutes into the podcast and then towards the end as well, just to make sure nothing happens while cool concentration cool is cool focused cool on gaming, you know. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, how you been? Otherwise, I've been good. I'm well. Very well, indeed. Uh, it's been a while. So yeah. I'm keen to get back on back on the horse. Uh, we, we, we had a bit of, um, you know, had a bit of feeling about uh, seeing how we can get this sort of like long distance pod thing going on, but it seems pretty cool. Um, I it feels like have... a long distance relationship now, you know, like make sure you call me every day and no, you hang up. No, you hang up. Yeah. Like, no, uh, I, I really appreciate the, the good, the, the goodbye presents you gave me, a uh, uh-huh. little, uh, Fallout 76 bobblehead that I'm keeping at my desk now at work. Oh, or, not at your toilet. <laughs> uh, but speaking of Fallout 76, got a bit of, got a bit of news bites coming your way. Nice. This, the game that just keeps on giving, you know. Game that keeps on giving. Like one would think that they had, they would have like you know, worked their way out of the news cycle by now. But it seems as 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 soon as someone people start like forgetting about Fallout seventy six, Todd Howard figures out a way to like bring it right back into <laughs> into existence. The way the way you're making it sound, do you think it's all part of a? We need to create a low base for our next game. So let's just like keep it in the news because if it's if it falls out of that then the next game comes up and they're like fall out of what who are these people again what's going on whereas if everyone's talking about how terrible 76 is and when you go 77 they're like oh my god this game's incredible especially compared to the last one yeah so fallout 76 okay so the 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 biggest piece of news coming out around that is a hundred dollars yearly subscription that they're (laughs) that they're slapping onto the game so it's uh uh, it's yeah, so it's an annual subscription that gets you um, gets you access to a bunch of stuff. It's got private servers. Um, it's got this thing called the scrap box, which is unlimited storage for craft uh, for crafting components. You got the survival tent, which is essentially a fast travel point. You get uh, one uh, one thousand six hundred and fifty atoms per month, and you get some uh, some freaky deaky MTX. So you get to like play dress up. With some um, exclusive armor, uh, you get a bunch of icons and emotes and just a whole bunch of other f- like stupid crap. Um, so, firstly, this is a story because Fallout 76 is a giant meme, yeah. and on top of whatever you've already paid for this game, they want to just just get a bit more. So, I mean, if you've you know, if you bought the game uh, when it when it released uh, at full price. And then subsequently poured more money into this game. Maybe you're at the point where, you know, you got the sunk cost fallacy in front of you and like, well, you yeah. know what? Like <laughs> maybe it'll I've get already better. Spent if I, like three thousand Rand. <laughs> spend like, some more. Or like, like 
more money into it. Well, apparently it's not going to get better uh, because the scrap box, which is part of this um, this uh, annual subscription, is already bugging out and just deleting everyone's stuff. Yeah, I heard that. Like, it's just so cool. Um, I've got a bunch of stuff. I'm at the point now. Obviously, my storage is not enough. So, wow, unlimited scrap box would be amazing. I will totally buy that. Oh, wait, where'd all my things go? Yeah, like the just, point of having unlimited storage <laughs> because you probably hit the storage capacity. And on- it's gone. <laughs> and it's gone. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, just as a quick recap for some people who haven't you know, been aware of everything that's gone wrong with this game. First of all, like it is just broken as 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 can be really when it launched guys t-posing um the mechanic of the fact that there are no npcs so everything was like player-based meant that um there were there were missions where you couldn't get to because certain people were just like becoming overpowered like toll gates where you couldn't get through or they were just sitting at spawn spots killing people um you had like just empty servers where people were just like there's nothing to do because there's no one to play with um yeah it was just a broken mess and then on top of that they had the debacle lots of bugs with... as well so oh, yeah. of, not not only just bugs but also like exploits like people yeah. were hacking the game quite a lot so you had like a big hacking problem which obviously just makes things uh Didn't bad for the online community super hard as well they punished it hard but then they started punishing people that weren't hacking because they didn't know how to target them properly so people who'd like lit- legitimately spent a lot of time and money on the game were getting blocked and having their accounts banned so it's just it's just like non-stop, non-stop garbage. And then they had the PR fiasco with the the bag, which turned out to be not what people ordered with the collector's edition. Yeah. Then and we then had the, the helmet that was killing people, um, <laughs> in theory. Um, if you put yeah. it all on the timeline, it sounds like the most tragic, like, like ridiculous. And then, so then Todd Howard did like um, the sort of like uh, solo interview with uh i think it was polygon where no it was ign where he was like basically back to basics he's like look you know good guy howard you know trying to let us all know that ash you know what we should have like you know in hindsight we should have like you know spent more time on this product before we started charging people for it Uh, Um, really tried to play up the you know we made mistakes guys like forgive us you know and then uh E3 happened and they had a whole bunch of promises about this, you know, this new big update coming to Fallout 76 where they're going to, you know, there will be NPCs, you know, and everyone, you know, some really bottom of the barrel fucking uh, applause for that one. Uh, really, really scrape, scraping. Yeah, it. like golf, you know, that's golf like, clap. Like yeah. bare minimum vibes. Um, trying to get applause for adding NPCs in a Fallout game. I mean, wow. <laughs> yeah. It's, yeah. So that's, big data dump of uh of an update is has now been pushed back further next year and they'd rather give us another uh charge i guess service charge yeah in I'm the meantime gonna, i'm gonna give that a pass like, yeah give it a, i'm gonna give it a hard pass <laughs> yeah that's uh um i i, I don't know how um like a hundred dollar uh, annual subscription is gonna like bring new players and if there are players who have already been in the game, just waiting for it to get better, like I can imagine they're quite, quite pissed off right now. So I don't think it really sort of does anything for either side of the camps, to be honest. No, not at all. And also just the price point. It's like, I mean, if you take any other games as a service to spend 1,600 Rand or so in a year, yeah. I mean, compare that to 
Geez, if you um, you play something like Dota, Path of Exile, Fortnite, any of these games, we're like, yeah, it's free, but you can spend what you want. Um, yeah. Sixteen hundred bucks is a lot of spend for a year. It is. Yeah. So um, hard pass there. Um, any other news you've got stored up in your little uh, news tank? Stored up on my the... sticky notes. Yeah, dude. Yeah. <laughs> um, so The Last of Us Part 2 got delayed till May 2020. Um, that's that's quite savage. Uh, Neil Druckmann put out a post. This is yesterday, actually. This was October 24th. He said, yo, to our fans, let me cut the chase and get the news out of the way. Last of Us Part 2 has, been, uh, has a new release date of May 29, 2020. I know it was just about a month ago that we had our, uh, our big blood for the game, letting media play over two hours of it, uh, along with <clears throat> with debuting our new story trailer and revealing a release date, the positive response we saw from our community was overwhelming. You can feel the energy among the team members after working on something for so many years. It's invigorating to get a glimpse of validation of all the hard work. Um, however, during the last few weeks, we were closing out sections of the game that we realized we simply don't have enough time to bring this entire game up to the level of polish we would call Naughty Dog quality. Uh, at this point, we've faced two options, compromise parts of the game to get more time. Um, <clears throat> we went with, uh, sorry, yeah, compromise uh, parts of the game or get more time. So we went to the latter. Cool. So they just want to get, uh, extend their due date, make the game better. I'm cool with that. Naughty Dog yeah. games never, never fucking disappoint. Big fan of their products. Um, I had my finger on the pre-order button for this guy. I might still pre-order it anyway. I was just hoping I would get it in my birthday month of Feb, but uh, yeah. it's just coming later. So yeah, that's cool. It is one of those more to look forward to. Like, I mean, how long have we waited? So it's like, what's another, yeah. what, three months? I think it's different when a game is on a, um, a cyclical release schedule. You know, you think of something like a, um, a you know, the Call of Duty games or whatever. Yeah, I mean, if Call of Duty is coming out today, in fact, and if it came, comes out every, you know, late October, early November, and then suddenly they go, ah, this year it's coming out in Jan, like people lose their shit because it's like yeah, it, it has a knock-on effect of going, yeah, but then next year's competitive season is not a full year. It's only like eight months. So whereas here it's like, I mean, shit, when did the last one come out? It was uh, PlayStation 3 days. So yeah. that's like pre-2015. Yeah, so I mean... Let's chillax, folks. We can uh, wait a little bit longer. Yeah, so, um, I mean, I'll, by February, I'll probably just be playing, like, Death Stranding anyway. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, I can, uh, I can wait. Yeah, and then um, some BlizzCon news. That's around the corner. That's next week, Friday. Yeah, so BlizzCon next week, Friday, November the 1st. Okay, so... Let's rewind the tape. Bring that beat back, DJ. Mm. Like, there's a lot of shit been popping off with uh, with Blizzard at the moment, and with with all the um, <clears throat> with the protests going down in uh, Hong Kong. In, in Hong Kong, I feel like we've already said enough to get ourselves banned. Hong Kong and shit going down with Blizzard. Hong Kong, shit going down with Blizzard. Podcast yeah, fuck banned. Me, fuck me right up, Google. Yeah. <laughs> fuck me in those AdWords. Okay, cool. So, <clears throat> backstory. We got some, this guy called uh, Blitz Chung. He's a Hearthstone player. Yeah. Grandmasters. Uh, at the Hearthstone Grandmasters a couple of weeks ago, he won the tournament and uh, had an on-screen discussion with two commentators afterwards where he made pro-Hong Kong slogans, free Hong Kong, and revealed his face. The commentators 
duct hit their faces and um, caused a huge blowout. Within about an hour, the two commentators had been fired. Blitzchung had lost all his winnings and was banned from the game for a full year. Um, this has led to a huge backlash from the community. Yeah. Um, there was a Nintendo Overwatch launch slated to uh, to go in the next a few days afterwards, and Blizzard subsequently cancelled that quite quickly. Um, they just didn't want to have to deal with uh, with that shit going on. They made like a huge statement saying, um, you know, we're really sorry about our you know to our Chinese overlords <laughs> and. Uh, <laughs> And um, we didn't mean any offense, you know. <clears throat> then we had this uh, uh, pro team Dallas Fuel assistant coach, Justin Jane Conroy, said on Wednesday <clears throat> that he was directed to delete a tweet that was critical of uh, punishment leveled, ag- leveled against Activision Blizzard on Hearthstone player who voiced his support for Hong Kong's pro-democracy protest movement. Um, so people who are coming out to defend this guy are getting sent... Uh, getting censored as well by Blizzard yeah. and by Activision. Um, uh, Jane has since de- uh, in his since-deleted tweet said that he recognized Blizzard's right to enforce its rules before condemning the censorship and severity of consequences. After this huge backlash, um, Reddit users started taking an Overwatch character, actually, I, I forget the character's name, and using this character as a poster child for the Hong Kong protests because <clears throat> if you've caught on, uh, China always just goes around and, and censors anything that they think is pro Hong Kong and anti China. Um, so if you use their own images, like their own game <laughs> as a, as a protest symbol, they have to ban their own shit. Yeah. So, so yeah, so it's, it's, it's people are turning it on their head on its head. They're using, um, classic Chinese images as uh, as images of protest. So China has to ban themselves, basically, in order to censor it. Um, so there was... Uh, so, so a couple of other gaming companies have, ch- have chimed into this and released statements. So Riot Games, you know, issued a statement uh, saying, let's focus on the game, guys, and not get political. Let's remember also that Tencent owns 100% of Riot Games. And um, Tim Sweeney from Epic Games, he also uh, said a response saying, uh, posted a response saying that people can say whatever they want. Tencent owns about 49, just shy of 50% of Epic Games. So that's uh, yeah. that's also a bit of a weird one. It's, it's very difficult at this point because, you know, Tencent being such a massive part of China's GDP just has their fingers in so many pies. So yeah. uh, an Australian uh, Hearthstone team um, which name I don't have over here in front of me. Um, they held up a free Hong Kong sign um, during during their uh, during their tournament, and when the when the camera was on them, and Blizzard decided not to do anything about it. So what the team did was they forfeited the rest of their games, saying that it was unfair treatment that someone else got banned and they didn't. Mm. So Blizzard is very like um, like flip flopping. <laughs> it feels like a team don't... that's just like we are going to get trashed by everyone. <laughs> okay, so what we can do, we can go down in history by being the team that like we 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 didn't lose. We just um, we protest and they banned us. Oh, they're not going to ban us. Oh well, then we forfeit. You can't you can't ban what's already forfeited. Go us. <laughs> long, long live the Aussies. 
Oy, oy, yeah, oy. so 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 Blizzard's been very indecisive about this. They flip flopped. They've been back and forth on uh, on it. They put out a statement saying, "Our relationship with China had no influence on our decision to ban Blitzchung." It's like, yeah, right, mm, bro. Sure. Um, they reduced his uh, his his yearly ban to six months from from a from a full twelve month year ban or one year ban, um, yeah. and they're giving back his prize money. But I they're only really doing this because there was backlash. So yeah, they weren't. They were just continued on as normal yeah so at this point blizzard's trying to appease everyone but not really wanting to make a stance on the issue itself so it hurts them it hurts them in a space where they at at this point in time with like blizzcon a week away they want to be able to control the pr narrative right yeah they want people talking about ooh diablo 4 You've, you know, we've seen teasers yeah. and, oh, is it happening? Oh, most likely, you know, that, that those are the clickbait titles that they want to yeah. see. They don't want to see um, Hong Kong, uh, China stuff. Yeah. Well, yeah. Blizzard are communist cunts, you know? Yeah. So, uh, so, yeah, so there's a lot going around there. It's just so um, weird, the whole China thing, and not to get too political here, but it's like, it feels like because you've got a government that has almost got control of its population, as in access to its population mm-hmm. uh, for brands and that. <laughs> And they know how big it is in the spending power. That it's kind of like them being the agents for their entire population. So brands who want to get into China, it's just like, oh, well, you can't just like get hold of our people through, you know, the normal democratization of the internet. Like other brands get into countries there that don't have, you know, like how we got Netflix for years before Netflix was in South Africa. um, Because if it's on the internet, we'll get it. Um, It's a case of going there. You've got to come through China and it's, you know, you know, Chinese internet firewalls yeah. and all that sort of stuff. So if you don't pander to them, then it's like, well, say goodbye to however many billion consumers there are there. Well, exactly. <clears throat> so I also did a bit of the number crunching for who, whoever's interested in this shit. And, um, okay, so on Friday, 18th October, um, Activision Blizzard was trading at $55.6 at 9.30 a.m., by the time this article and stuff started coming out, by by 12:30 a.m. sorry, 12:30 p.m. a couple of hours later, it dropped to 53.48 USD. So the same time last year, Activision Blizzard before BlizzCon 2018, they were trading at $83.19. After BlizzCon, within those few months, between November and February, their their share price had just plummeted to about 41 US dollars, and they'd slowly been Building it climbing back up, up to this yeah. point, climbing up towards the end of the year. So basically, um, now on October, on Friday the 18th of October, they wiped out a good chunk of of all of the the growth work, that they'd yeah. done over the fiscal yeah. year. Um, so because it was a rough, it was a rough BlizzCon for them last year. I mean, this is all the Diablo Immortal and everyone going like, so, "What the hell? You're totally out of touch with your consumer base." Well, exactly. So their share price is basically back down to like 2017 numbers, and it's about three years of growth that's been wiped out in like five months. So I can I can obviously see like where they're coming from here, but I mean, this is you know getting into like the metadata of this discussion. This is what happens when you have like a publicly traded like gaming company um, on one side, Activision Blizzard. And where, where their, um, you know, focuses on their shareholders with the way that they put out their messages. And then on the other hand, you got someone like Naughty Dog, and they only, they only shareholders are what themselves and their fans. 
and they're like, well, you're I mean, cool. You you never Our game's coming out they're, later. They're not, I mean, I don't know, but you know, a lot of those big studios, they, yeah. um, they're not publicly traded, but their holding companies are. Yeah. You know, so you'll have like, you and know, like Sony 10 cents and all that pie as well. Yeah, exactly. And 100%. It's a Sony exclusive. And yeah. Sony are just more than happy to be like, yo, you need more time? Cool, man. We'll chill. Yeah. Away. This is, this is my really Game's going to be good. Yeah. Yeah. Well, exactly. You know, if Activision or Blizzard had to announce something like that, their share price would drop 20 points and, yeah. you know, that someone would get fired. So it's, it's different ball games, yeah, different totally types different of companies, game. and we yeah. can, we can see how, it affects uh, stuff on the consumer side as well. Yeah. Otherwise, any other news for BlizzCon? It's um, obviously Diablo 4 has been teased a little bit. I think just from a, well, you didn't tell us about it last year, so it must come this year. Otherwise, are there any yeah. real leaks? Um, not so much. Uh, they've released the schedule for the, um, for the convention, and they have... Uh, a couple of big blocks that just says that, that that's been reserved for coming soon. Okay. And there's like one every day, like a big one, like an hour and a half. So I guess that's for like new releases. And I think that they're going to have a big data dump for, uh, for the Diablo stuff. Cause as far as I remember after all that, that PR nightmare that happened last year, after do you all have phones? <laughs> um, they, they tried to kind of take control of the PR cycle again by getting a couple of stories out there that, hey, we've got like four Diablo projects in development at the moment. Yeah. You know, so. Till they reveal uh, that one of them is like exactly. t-shirts so, and plushies. Like that's not a So project. I think at the time it was a lot of just like a lot of concepts, concept yeah. work. Um, but I'm, they can't actually go into this, Blizz, into this BlizzCon now without, you know, bringing something solid on that side. Otherwise they're just going to, yeah, they're just going to have more issues going forward. Yeah, and um, that's the only real IP that we send something big coming is Diablo. Yeah. The others, it'll probably be your standard updates. Like, they'll announce a new Hearthstone expansion. There'll probably be one or two new characters for Overwatch announced, that, mm -hmm. for example. So no Warcraft cool. 4? I, to be honest, I don't think we're going to ever see Warcraft 4. Ever see? Because, no, 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 neither. Because Pine for one... Look, I'd love it, and I, I love those games, and... I've tried to survive playing the graphics. Oh, and there's the Warcraft, um, when the remake. So I'll play it when the graphics updated because that is the hardest oh, yeah. part is playing, playing these games. But they did on. announce that, right? They announced it. So we'll probably have more news on that. But, um, and perhaps they do expansion story wise for those, you know, like extra missions and all this stuff. Yeah. Or, or they create some sort of MOBA, you know, that could be quite popular, like as a mod that could come out of that, you know, that might be interesting. Um, memes and the, um, the thing for me is that it feels like they've definitely pushed their RPs in very separate um, kind of genres. So the RTS genre is StarCraft. They are not about to create their own StarCraft competitor and put all yeah. that resource in there. So they've got their MMO, that's Warcraft. They've got Hearthstone, that's their card game. They've got their uh, team-based asymmetric shooter, which is Overwatch. So if they announce anything new, it's going to be into a new platform, like a first-person shooter or a you know, who knows what they're going to do. Like what genres are kind of asking to be stepped into. They kind of play in all of them. Um, but yeah, so I don't see them kind of creating a new StarCraft killer unless, you know, it's a new StarCraft. Yeah. Well, exactly. Because the Overmind's so... not dead and it's going to come back again because <laughs> that keeps happening. 
Okay, cool. So that's about it for BlizzCon. Um, in the in a similar fashion, uh, later on in the month, about a week afterwards, we have ExileCon, which yeah. is um, Grinding Gear Games' first big convention for part of Exile. So they announced ExileCon after they um, after they got a nice big uh, cash injection from Tencent, who now owns thirty percent of Grinding Gear Games. Just well, would you look at that? Everything. Yeah, I know. So they didn't. Um, they didn't have anything to say about uh, about the stuff going on, but I mean, grinding your game sort of just like plods along. They does they do their own thing. They're off in New Zealand. No one's really worried about the about the Kiwis being cunts, you know? Like, yeah. <laughs> that is cool. That is cool. So, until Sauron comes back. Until saying. Sauron comes back, exactly. I mean, like, yeah, he he was the worst of the Kiwis. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. So ExileCon, uh, November sixteen to seventeen. We're gonna have a lot of streamers. Um, uh, who are going to be there? Um, the the big data dump coming is of course uh, their last expansion for the year. So if you follow the development cycle for uh, Path of Exile, there are four expand uh, sorry four uh, leagues per year. With the last league of the year in December being like an expansion, so they'll usually add an, a new thing to the game. Whether it's um, I don't know some you know they're, they're not really adding characters anymore, but it's a new like core mechanic that changes the way you play the game sort of or a new area or some shit like that um and then they're also announcing their 4.0 mega expansion so that's they're hoping that their 4.0 expansion is going to be big enough slash good enough to compete with like a diablo 4 release um since a lot well, of diablo 3 players mega in it i mean to be fair you know, a lot of diablo 3 players moved over from from d3 to uh, part of exile and they find yeah. they found a home there um and so I think they just want to keep on track with uh, with those communities as well, uh, knowing that look this last uh, this last update that came through this last league uh, light league sort of ran at the same time as uh, well, uh, WoW Classic. So a lot of people have been playing WoW Classic in the past couple months, yeah. um, and and they haven't had like such uh, great numbers. I think the 3.9 expansion coming in December is going to see like a big player spike. And then 4.0 is not directly afterwards. 4.0 is going to be the December update 2020. So that's like a year from now, but they're announcing it at ExileCon. So that's going to be quite fun. Um, Might be a full graphics overhaul of the game, to be honest. Um, They're making huge updates to their their engine. And a lot of of, uh, quality of life changes, I guess, coming for that. But yeah, we'll see. A couple weeks. Cool. The game that keeps on giving, but not in the Fallout sense. Indeed, Arena. Um, but yeah, that, uh, it is that time of the year where the games are just like dropping nonstop. I mean, today, 25th, this is um, obviously the day that the new Call of Duty launches. So everyone I see on my timeline is all in their preloads because you could load it the day before. So you could like play the <laughs> minute the game came out. Um, Dude, that COD hype is not like I, I haven't been on that COD hype like I, Ever, but I know the I, I know that feel. I know the feel where it's like a new card game's coming. I was like, "Yo, man, are you going to play the new card?" And then some people are like, "Yeah," and some people are like, "No." <laughs> yeah, it's um. But there was I, a time when everyone was like, "Yeah." <laughs> for me, like I enjoy the launch time for COD because everyone's on an equal footing. Um, yes. Whereas you get into games later, and it is one of those games that, luckily, it, although there are rumors of buy or pay to win, but like. It is one of those games where you kind of just you get 
better stuff by playing more, and I'm kind of okay with that. Um, you know, if yeah. you have to make things asymmetric a little bit, then you go, cool, you've unlocked this shit by, you know, grinding the game. But um, as opposed to obviously buying buying it. But there's certainly a point where you join the game later and everyone's got all the shinies and all the attachments, whatever, besides the obvious fact that because they've been playing the game more than you, they're already better. But that yeah. gap just becomes so massive because not only are they better and more skilled and more, you know, they know the maps better, they also have better things. So, you can also yeah, buy, it, buy weapons through the microtransaction store. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so it becomes harder and harder to kind of keep up with the, the Joneses, as it were. Well, you could always so, just like spend money to be better. Yeah, of course, of course. I mean, why didn't I think of that? Because that's just like in real life. I should just spend money to be better. But it's, um, yeah, so I mean, that's coming out. I don't envy it, but also releasing today is the Medieval remake. Uh, I don't know if you played the original when it came out. I did. I did did play the original. Um, Look, I mean, like any any game that you want to reference from like that period of time in my life, I'm going to say, oh, it was amazing, man. But chances are the controls were quite clunky and everything looked like a triangle. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, it was probably bad, but I have fond memories. That's what I can say. Yeah, so I, I'm playing that. I started last night and I just think I'm crushing it. Um, oh, you're eight, so cool. Eight stages <laughs> in, got the chalices on every stage so far. Amazing. You know, I'm just saying, just saying. Um, it's, I like when, when, when games had simple mechanics like that. So yeah, the point of the level the is like, get the chalice. Yeah, kill enough people, get the chalice, have the statues tell you how bad you are still, and then move on. I do like the humor. Um, it is cool. it's pretty decent. I do Although my, char- my character is annoying AF. I, I like everybody else, uh, including the bad guys. But um, it's, yeah, it's, it's fun. It's, a, it's super, like, no-brainer, just have fun in the old-school kind of, like, 90s style. Awesome. Um, the camera does get a little bit of annoying, but then you realize that a lot of the puzzles are based on that in the fact that, wow, this, you can't actually see this angle if you move the camera. There's probably a reason for that. That's because I'm supposed to go around an object that looks like it's obscuring my view and behind there is a chest or something. So that's like typical 90s platformer or like 3D action game, you know, puzzle sort of setup. Let's go. Yeah. Let's, let's make the camera actually an obstacle to overcome. You know? Okay. Yeah, cool. so like, that was a that was originally on uh, PlayStation One, right? One or two? I think it might have been two. It was, play, was placed. I'm pretty sure it was PlayStation One. I think it was okay, before, yeah. before. I never had the, a PlayStation Three, so I will. Um, I'll have a look here. Well, but um, so the, it was the before fact... we had like analog sticks, and so a lot of those oh, uh, old games had like locked cameras as yeah. well. Uh, just just for that for that very reason, and it's weird because you take it for granted. You're so used to having like control of the camera angle that you forget there was a time when that like literally was not a thing yeah you just got uh, it was um and how cumbersome it was yeah the days of yeah it released on playstation uh psp and now ps4 um released in um october of 1998 first in europe then america and then all six months later in japan yes yeah yeah so um i hear what you're saying i mean those are the resident evil days of going like Nope, you, the camera is static. This is where the camera is. You're walking into a room and you're walking towards the camera and then suddenly in a room walking away from it, but you have to still press like, you know, the same direction keys. Your mind's just like, whoa, what the hell just happened? I've just gone upside down. Yeah, we just got used to it. And then moving camera was like this massive upgrade. 
So what else are you playing at the moment? Because so you have like a lot on your plate, right? Yeah, so I mean, not to sound spoiled anything, but like I'm also playing WWE, uh, which is quite fun because I've also got a lot of um, a DLC for like I think it's called Spooky DLC or whatever. So oh, for, that's awesome! For I'm a big fan of uh, of WWE games. People don't know that about me. <laughs> they, but I do. I like fighting fun. games and I like WWE. They are just fun, uh, and they found that great mechanic between um, like fighting simulator game because i mean at the end of the day they are a you know sports simulator you know like an nba or a fifa or whatever but they're still like it's it's still a fighting game and it's fun and one of the best parts is still the story mode where you like have a character climbing the ranks of like the underground basement you know fighting scene you know fighting in parking lots and that sort of stuff to like get your character theme song and your walk-on music and, you know, your dodgy manager that's trying to, like, schnai you out of <laughs> out of your winnings. It's it's great. Because, I mean, a lot of people, let's be honest, watch WWE for the story, not for well, the exactly. actual... Exactly. It's for, for the drama, for the hype. It's a completely outrageous and campy and, like, yeah. super fun. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, they, they always do that well. Um, and just, just the roster of players, uh, both present and then if you, wow. as you unlock, like superstars from like the 70s onwards. Oh, that's like, amazing. Yeah, there's so much to do just there. In all that glorious spandex. Yeah. I can one I of my like favorite, gold dust, dude. <laughs> and Marlena, yeah. One of my, my favorite features, which I think they introduced the year before last, was that you you basically get these famous wrestlers and you go through their, their like uh, rise to fame or prominence, whatever. And so you fight their like, their particular like, big history making events you know so yeah maybe it was them winning wwe or uh like wrestlemania but then they lost this fight and you can for extra points try and recreate it exactly so if you can like there was one point where the guy gets thrown on the table outside the ring if you redo that you get points um if you win by um submission you know because that's how i did it in the fight then then you get extra points you can also rewrite history because some of them are like you lost this fight and was heartbreaking you're like screw that fuck history like and actually go out and win the fight you know so it's really it's cool to be able to relive a lot of those moments a lot of them i didn't know about but it's great to like oh my word yeah i was a kid i remember watching this this is amazing so um yeah good times to be able to relive all that i think they've done a great job uh, I heard that. there's a lot of there's a lot of customization that you can do oh, yeah, in huge, the career huge. mode as well. Can you, am I right in thinking you can customize moves as well? Yeah, so you get um, it's like you piece together certain moves. So if you like, you can piece together a throw onto the ropes into a drop kick, where afterwards you like climb onto the the railing and then drop an elbow. So like that becomes like your signature move. So you can piece okay, together so- a bunch and you unlock some. Um, but then even like your crowd chant to get the thing like ready, you know, like, do you do the, like the switching music, you know, like hand to the ear, waiting for the crowd to, um, you know, like cheer you on. Do you do the rock kind of like smelling, like what's cooking? So, you know, you can do all that stuff. Um, you can customize your walk on music and like how you walk on and, you know, it's, it's great. They've really done a good job there. Awesome. I'm stoked. And then um, I've been playing a certain game with a baby in a bottle. Um, oh, my God. Which um, I think in terms of embargoes, I will be able to talk a lot more about uh, next week. Uh, all I can say is that um, it's weird. It's, it's real weird. 
and yeah. um and yeah it, the the story's super compelling um but yeah it's it's pretty weird but it feels like the kind of storytelling where you're going i'm not meant to understand everything and as long as you yeah. can let go of that because <laughs> i know a lot of people struggle with that um it's frustrating for me as someone who who enjoys movies where you are like you know, piece by piece given information. And even at the end, you don't get full resolution. You kind of go, I've given you enough to have made several assumptions about how this actually ends. Uh-huh. But um, I, I'm sure you've watched movies with people who go, like they're five minutes in, they go, what the, what the fuck's going on? And you're kind of <laughs> going, you're not meant to know. That's part of the point. Yeah. Like you're as frustrated as the main character because he's also lost and doesn't know like what is narrative. It's not always as simple as going, put the ring in the mountain, go walk now, you know, go walkies, you and your short friend and a bunch of wizards and that go put the ring in the mountain. So for the next nine hours, you know, doesn't matter what's happening. The main story is put the ring in the mountain. You know, we can't all have stories that simple sometimes. So, yeah, but we know that, you know, uh, Kojima, how did you know? Is a is a narrative driven director? Oh my god! <laughs> um, yeah, is a narrative driven uh, driven game director, and yeah. you know this is sort of his. I wouldn't say I, I want to say comeback, but he never really went anywhere. But I mean, no, like, no. it's his first we'll come back big, from leaving from it's his first big um, solo IP, like yeah. after um, uh, after Metal Gear Solid, which he you know unfortunately doesn't have his hands on anymore. But I think he made his mark on that um, yeah, on that IP, and it's we, we we know quite well it's never going to be the same again. So coming here with a director like Kojima, you know you're in for some weird, you know you're in for a lot of um, questions, but you also got to kind of trust the system to an extent because that's kind yeah. of the way that he does things. Yeah, so I'm I'm very keen to play through to the end to give my full um, kind of thoughts on it. In fact, they've been quite strict on that, on the embargo, is going no final reviews. You can give your like, hey, these are my initial thoughts, technical analysis, like, you know, your, the graphics, the story, whatever. But like, they're all saying, please do not give final reviews until you've played the game, the story mode, at least once through. Because, um, uh, I mean, I'm not trying to, you know, speculate that they're going to be big kind of, what a twist at the end. But um, it's, it's probably one of those that you need to have experienced all of it to give a fair opinion. And uh, to be honest, I've played plenty of games like that where you, you're coming, umming and aahing through it. I mean, I take Bloodborne, for example. When I first played like the first five or six hours, you're like, yeah, it's good. It's, it's, yeah, I mean, it's difficult. The world is really compelling and all that. But it's only when you really get into the meat of the game that you're like, oh, my word, this is so complex and technical and the story is so yeah. layered and... Um, and so to give your review, you know, when you're 20% in, which you can with some games, I mean, let's be honest, like you're reviewing FIFA once you've played, you know, 10 or so matches and you've played, you know, at least a match on each of the different modes, you kind of get a vibe of going, yeah, okay, cool. This is what's new. This is what's different from previous years. And this is what's the same. But yeah. This doesn't feel like one of those games. It feels like you, you're going to need to. And even if I think so far without getting too much of the story, I'm like three chapters in and they're all very different in terms of what's expected of you gameplay-wise. So, oh, wow, interesting. So, yeah, so the the gameplay loop sort of changes with your progression. Yeah, yeah. So as you, unlock, as you unlock new tech, it definitely changes the way you play and explore and, and, and the kind of the map. So 
Um, we'll see if that keeps going okay. or if it's one of those things. I'm so like intrigued, a- dude. Like you're <laughs> keeping me on a rope here. Um, so, yeah. so when you said uh, 20% into the game, do, do you, are you 20% into the game? Um, if I look at how big the tech, well, it's not a tech tree, but like um, you get recipes and schematics to build things. Okay. I'm speculating. Oh, and also how much of the map I've explored. I'm speculating at chapter three, where I am now, that I'm probably a quarter of the way in. Okay. But okay, I, cool. I don't know because you, you might have um, situations like, remember, Shadow of War or Shadow of Mordor, where yes. you had those acts <laughs> and then suddenly you had like Act 5, which was 80% of the game in terms of hours. You yeah. know what I mean? So uh, I don't know. Yeah, if that that's when I stopped playing. <laughs> yeah. And everyone did because that's like, when you cool. realize like, I had enough. Oh, oh my word, uh, this is going to be fun. a grind. Yeah. And the game was fun. But when you realize that yeah, like, okay, this is supposed to be the end game, like, you know, grind stage. And I'm like, I am not about that life. <laughs> Especially where there are other people with play to win mechanics or pay to win. Yeah. So, um, and okay. then. I am playing probably my favorite game at the moment, which is Luigi's Mansion 3. It is just so good. So, so good. Um, it's, it's, it's definitely apparent that there are really good games on the Switch. But when yeah. it's a Nintendo-owned IP, and especially not their, like, um, I, I want to say their franchised ones, you know, like Mario Party 8, um, Mario Kart 27, you know, where it's just like, hey, we're going to reskin stuff, do whatever. I'm talking about like Mario Odyssey and um, uh, now Luigi's Mansion. Oh, as I said, Luigi Mansion 3, it is, a, it is a trilogy, but it is very much its own game. They are just, there's so much love uh, for the game. That comes out, I think, next week, uh, Halloween Amazing. vibes. And it is kind of spooky themed because, you know, at Haunted Mansion, it goes all about, but... Very kid-friendly. I mean, my, my three-year-old, um, he can't play with me because the mechanics are a little bit technical for him. But um, it's, um, you know, he can definitely um, understand and it's not too scary for him. But it's just great. It's um, a puzzle game mixed in with, like, action-adventure explorer game. Um, it's just really good. And as you play, you unlock new techniques to be able to, like, go back to previous areas and try and get... They're like five crystals hidden in the in the map, but you get given so many tools to try and solve um, to try and solve problems. So I mean, you've got your little vacuum cleaner, and it can suck, it can blow, it can. Starting a bit PG thirteen now. Um, it's got a flashlight to like to like uh, stun um, ghosts. It's got a, a shoot say plunger that you can then you know go up and use your suck function to try and pull things off. Uh, once awesome. again, but PG-13. And um, and then it's got this like scanning mode to scan for like invisible guys. And often fighting the bosses and all that, you've got to use a combination of them. So it might be, oh, cool, I'm going to stun this guy with my flashlight. Oh, wait, he's wearing shades. Let me try and like use the vacuum cleaner to suck them off. But then he pulls up this like shield. Okay, cool. So what I need to do then is maybe like get that shield off. So how do I do it? I get him like stuck in this trap and so now I can't use his shield so I can suck his glasses off so I can use the stun function. It's really, That's really, sick. really cool. The, the boss fights awesome. are quite layered and I've, I've really just had a great time. Fortunately, with all the traveling I've been doing, the, the flights to Cape Town and Joburg and all that, you know, that's a great two-hour stint to be able to put some some decent time in. So, so yeah. Cool. I really want lo- to get a switch. <laughs> the the last time. game I would highly recommend uh, just for fun 
untitled goose game. Just so much fun. It's like, you get to be a naughty goose. What more do you want? Like, you just get to fuck with people's shit. It's just amazing. You like, you get this like tag list of things you need to do and you just go about trying to achieve them. So it's like, make the farmer, you know, get wet. And so you're like, steal his boots and then like leave them in the sprinkler system. And then when he goes to (laughs) fetch them, switch the sprinklers on. It's just, it's, it's fun. It's super fun. Um, and it's pretty it's like cheap. A naughty goose. <laughs> yeah, you're just a naughty goose. Um, and it's good fun. And and if you've got kids, they 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 dig it. And it's pretty yeah, intuitive cool. the controls because you're like you're a goose. Your abilities are like flap your wings, make a goose noise, pick things up, run. Those are your four functions. <laughs> like so, yeah, good, uh, good times. Yeah, and then obviously looking forward, um, I think that's pretty much all that's out uh, at the moment. Jam- I jammed a bit of FIFA. Oh, Sonic and Mario at the Olympics because cash in. Um, yeah, there's there's a lot of games at the moment, and then yeah, that's that's about it. Obviously, I think next week with the embargo being done, I'll give you a full kind of like thoughts on on Death Stranding. Yo, it's always hard with this like such a story driven game. Like, cool, I'm gonna tell you all about the game, but not reveal the story because it comes out a week later, and and if yeah. you pop that bubble, then you. You're kind of ruining a lot of it for people. So well, I'm sure that we, or at least we can make it like a highlight of the discussion. Yeah, um, yeah we'll, we'll dance that dance next week. Um, and and I'm sure there'll be a, because of the embargoes that there'll be a lot more uh, footage out as well. A lot of impressions uh, flying yeah. around the internet. Yeah. So I think the way I read the embargo is they're pretty strict on visuals because I think right, they right. know visually you will you can reveal a lot of the story. Um, just with clips and that, which, if you think about it, was probably why the trailers were so vague. <laughs> because, yeah. like, if you if you put more than like two minutes together, you can kind of work out what the gameplay loop is. But if you make them yes. all spliced up in weird cutscenes and that, you're like, what the fuck is going on? Um, you know, and then you just like Kojima things. Um, yeah, so uh, let's chat about that next week. But uh, yeah, it's it's been great. Uh, thanks for. I know we need to wrap things up. Um, so uh, thanks for obviously being on the podcast again, Tim. Uh, if you've got any questions, What's anyone or things, uh, if you want to chat about uh, any stuff we've spoken about, be sure to um, you know tweet us. I'm thinking we should probably just set up a separate Twitter for this um, for this podcast. Yeah, um, that's It's probably easier for people to get hold of us. But uh, otherwise, I'm at the Gareth Woods. Tim is at Tim and a Fish. This has been. I think episode 17 of the Gaming Guru podcast. And it's good to be back, even if it is a long distance relationship. Uh, and Tim, just uh, look after that mountain for me. I will do, my man. We'll do. Still here. Still here. <laughs> Sweet. The Gaming Guru podcast. Easy the best gaming podcast in the world. Baby.